feel out of place. Because I got camo and you got something to do with the beach. Actually, I went to, um, I was very close to buying a camo hoodie today for Christmas. That seems not like something you would wear. Exactly. So my family bought us all hoodies from Under Armour for Christmas. And mine and my, one of my stepbrothers were too small. So I went to Under Armour today to replace them. They had, this is insulting, they had one more in the size that my stepbrother needed, but they didn't, I was trying to replace the actual ones that we got, but they didn't have any to replace mine, and I was only going to get an extra large sweater, Hmm. so the fact that they didn't have it made no sense. No. And the only one that they had an extra large was in camo. He's like, well, we have an extra large in this one. I'm like, I'm not really a camo person. I thought for a minute, and I'm like, I'm not going to waste the money on a camo sweater when I can just go back some other time and pick out one. Fair enough. I have never had that where they actually didn't have my size. Extra large is a pretty common size. I know. So it was weird. Must have sold all of them. Must have. But they had a lot of smalls. Hmm. So if I'm ever able to fit into a small... Then it's then it's okay, but I'm not going to fit in a small. No. Can't blame you. You you're looking at the podcast. I didn't even mean to do that. Oh, you just pulled up our podcast by accident. It's the top thing on my feed. Welcome to a funny thing happened on the way to the podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. It's 2019. It is for whatever that's worth. Uh, not much. Mm-mm. Not much has really changed. But it's good to see you. Kanye West is supposed to be on Joe Rogan. Rogan. Yeah. That's that's probably the biggest thing in my horizon right now. It'll be an interesting interview. I was reading uh, some analytics about his podcast, and I remember discovering him way back. Kanye or Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Okay. I knew him, obviously, but I remember discovering his podcast probably... Like early summer or spring of 2017, just because oh. you had talked about him. Yeah. And I can't, uh, obviously, like most people, I can't keep up at all. No. He it's films so like a freaking hard man. to do it. Yeah. But the article I was reading said that depending on the guests that he has, depending on the, um, the views and whatnot, he can make up to $30,000 an episode. It's good and you wonder why he has like fifteen hundred. <laughs> hmm. He, I mean, he also has a lot of his own like sponsors. If you listen to the audio podcast on the Google Play Store, or I would imagine on iTunes as well, there's like six to seven minutes yep, of pre-roll on iTunes as well. Yeah. So, so he has all these sponsors lining him up, and I think. Yeah, he doesn't really take breaks in the middle of the show, but I think he did at one point. I remember. I haven't watched Something one where like he that. does. Sometimes he accidentally promotes a sponsor. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But he, I listened to a Christmas okay. Eve one he did with Joey Diaz, and they were talking about stimulants, and mm-hmm. he said, whenever I need to be woken up. Alpha break? No, just calf, caffeinated oh, okay. stimulants. And he's like, I always drink that. And he's like, this isn't a sponsor. But they just, he had a, some kind of doctor on. I don't even know if he's actually a doctor. All the time that he has people on that are say they're doctors, and then some like 
nutritionist or whatever comes on and like, well, actually, Joe Rogan had a fucking hack on, whatever. But anyway, some some acclaimed doctor was on talking about matcha tea, and I remember that I really like the taste of matcha. It's, it's like, I guess the leaves, like green tea leaves, and they, they treat it differently. It's, it's different oh, than some. green tea, but it's so good. It is. I, like, do you have the powder? Really? Right can, from Japan. Can we make a drink with that later? Because I need to know if I would like it as a product. I think it's at Melissa's house. Oh, okay. But That's we a, can have it. I'll grab it. The only place where I've ever had it is... It's like, different. Yeah, at Starbucks, I had a green tea frappuccino or whatever. They had that in it. That's authentic. That tastes... Well, it tastes delicious. It's probably just because of all the sugar. Yes. But I want to know if I'd like a drink made from the powder. Because it's, it's kind... Well... It's kind of expensive the way you have to buy it. Yep. But at the same, it's it's not really that bad. I was reading like it's two grams per like a cup or whatever, and you can get like a hundred grams for like twenty dollars, but you can get like a kilogram for like a hundred and forty, which actually makes a ton of cups. So it's not that unreasonable. I had mine imported from Japan thanks to a girlfriend who went to Japan. So really, yeah, oh, fancy. It's interesting to drink. It's the best green tea I've ever had for sore throats. Okay. Um, and yeah, we can we can have some. We should do some, not product review, but we could do a review segment on here sometime if okay. we wanted to. I'm down for that. It it's almost like a. Um, I was considering it as a coffee replacement, sort of, just because. I don't really un- understand it exactly, but like the way this doctor was describing it was, oh, caffeine gives you a certain, from coffee gives you a certain type of buzz that's not as desirable as the one that you would get from matcha tea or like other sources where it's it like wakes, it wakes you up, but it doesn't like get too all jittery, which I don't really have the problem with coffee anyways, but I know coffee's not the greatest thing for you. Plus with teas, I typically just drink them black, so... And then coffee, I've gotten into the habit of having double-double just to cool the thing down. I have switched once again to just standard green tea. And for a long time, I was drinking chai tea, but now I'm just back to it's black good. It's good green to switch tea. it up. Teas, I can't do the same tea for too long. Earl Grey was my start. Earl Grey is great. Tea. Between green tea and black tea, I don't really go. Melissa had a... When we first started dating for Christmas, she had a advent calendar that was tea. I like that idea. It was horrible. Really? You would think, because it was basically a giant samplers pack from David's Tea, right? And David's Tea has good products. Right. So you would complaints. think that they would give ones that they'd be like people would sell. So they'd go and buy more. Yeah. yeah. No. Hmm. I had some. Some of them were horrible. Really? Like you would think ones, oh, this one's a hot chocolate tea. Or like a, I've had a good chocolate flavor. I've tea had before. a good chocolate tea, but this one was not good. Huh. So it was just odd flavors, and the ones that you would think would be good would be horrible. And she actually, we, yeah, she never finished it. So just gave up on different flavors of tea. But you could find the one that's a good one. Yeah, you could. Mm. I don't know why she didn't finish it, but I was just briefly googling. Um, I guess not Googling. I was on Amazon. But I was trying to find... Um, there's a special collection of teas. They're Inuit teas. Okay. I don't know. I, I got to find out what the brand is. But those those are fantastic. Cause for, I guess they're sourced from Canada, obviously. But yeah, those are good. 
And there's all, there are a whole set of things that you wouldn't otherwise have at like a, a name brand like Tetley tea. It's, it doesn't compare to anything like that. It's a lot of like juniper berries and a bunch of other herbs, I guess, that are way up north. Unbox Therapy did a video probably about a month ago on like a $1,500 tea brewer. Yeah, I saw that. And they did a comparison between your standard Tetley tea and this deluxe tea brewer. And he's like, no, no competition. So, hmm. yeah, I wouldn't pay $1,500 for a tea brewer. But you wonder if there's something, if there's a wonderful tea out there that you just can't get with a kettle yeah. and a tea. Well, typically loose leaf teas are a lot better than a regular tea bag in general. Yeah, and you do it yourself with but, a little bell t-bill thing mm-hmm. hmm. i don't know there's people that get really into brewing coffee in very specific ways where they use water for very specific temperature and they have a bunch of apparatuses to do it but then there's also really simple ways that anybody could do that apparently are better too like cold brewing where you just take a big container like however many you know two liter five liter whatever you want fill it with the appropriate amount of coffee grinds just put it in the fridge or leave it on your counter or whatever and then it just slowly let it brew and you can filter it out later with a filter or like a French press or something. And then you heat it up. And apparently that gets rid of some of the bitter alkaloids that make coffee taste more bitter. But you still keep a lot of the good flavors. I don't know. When I was younger, I had learned and I can't remember where I learned about a coffee that was brewed from digested coffee beans. Yep. Right. It's called Kopi Luwak. Mm-hmm. And... Apparently not too many people knew about this because I remember taking a woman, a woman, we were 16, a girl, a lady, on a date. And we went to go see a bucket list. And Kopi Luwak is a odd plot point in the bucket list where the Jack Nicholson character is talking about how Kopi Luwak is the most expensive coffee in the world. And Morgan Freeman's like, you won't catch me drinking that shit. And at the end of the movie... uh, Morgan Freeman finally tells Jack, Jack Black, Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. that the coffee he has been drinking is, you know, from parsley or fully digested um, cat turds, basically coffee beans and cat turds, and it's a funny point in the movie, and it was funny to watch people not in on the joke because I knew right from the start mm-hmm. what it was. That was one of those things that kind of blew up. Like, I, I don't know, everybody was talking at one point about this crazy coffee, this exotic coffee that's made in that way. I don't know how many people actually care to buy it anymore, but... I, probably probably a lot of people still buy it. Yeah. It's an interesting way of... I wouldn't mind trying it. But then, you, again, are you really going to put that through your regular coffee maker? No. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I do. Melissa... Melissa doesn't like asking Justin if she can use his Keurig, so I have a tiny two-cup coffee maker on my bedside table for when Melissa sleeps over. She has her own coffee grinds and everything, but typically, if I didn't have that, I couldn't really make a coffee. I'd need a I'd need a Kopi Luwak K cup. I wonder if it that's got to be expensive. That's gonna be worse than just buying the coffee grinds, and I bet it probably does exist. Probably wouldn't. Kopi, I don't know how the hell you spell it. I have no idea either. C-O-P-I-L-U-W-A-K. So a lot simpler than I thought it was going to be. 
Is that the name of the mammal itself? Or is it some, just some uh, other name? It's time for Coffee History with Jesse and Eric. Kopi Luwak, or civet coffee, is coffee. Civet, that's what, it, that's what the animal is. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think. Uh, that mm. includes partially digested coffee cherries eaten and defecated by the Asian palm civet. Uh, producers of the coffee beans argue that the process may improve coffee through two mechanisms. Selection, civets choose to eat only certain cherries, and digestion, biological or chemical mechanisms in the animal's digestive tract altering the composition of the coffee cherries. Hmm. So if you got a semi, I wonder how they do that. You got a semi-domesticated cat, and you let them out so they can harvest for you, and then when they come home at night... You just hope that they, you know. Don't do that business in the forest. Yeah. yeah. Or I wonder if they follow. I don't know how they would do it. That yeah. would be interesting. They but got doves, ugh, dogs, and I guess, I think pigs to sniff for truffles. So why don't you just get a dog to sniff for civet shit? That's true. Although it would still be so freaking tedious. No matter how you do it, if you got to pick this stuff up one by one. Okay. Kopi Luwak cake. Yep. Oh, wait, maybe not. There's, I think there's, what, you can make your own K-cups too, anyways? They I have like think a you basket. can. So I'm sure people are using the Keurigs to do that, regardless Kobe of if somebody Luwak, sells it or not. acid, 100% pure, wild, and orgornic. Or, orgornic. Orgornic. Actually, it's spelled wrong here, so it's organic <laughs> civet coffee. <laughs> well, then it exists. With but I don't know if it's a K-cup. It is not a K-cup in no. this case. Hmm. So this coffee uh, hmm. can do two. Okay, I don't know what this is. I'm going to give up. No, because I want to know. Just out of curiosity. Okay. Will you buy the K-cup? 16 ounces of Kopi Luwak coffee. Okay. Wild gathered 100% pure whole bean. How much? Six, 16 ounces? Yep. That's probably... That's enough to make about probably 16 cups, I would imagine. Like an ounce of coffee per cup or something. Uh, uh, let's go with $50. It's more than that. You would like it to be $50, okay. wouldn't Lovely. you? Three hundred and ninety-nine ninety-nine. It's very excessive. <laughs> or $25 an ounce I feel like you could probably get it cheaper Probably, it's just the first one that came up on Amazon Yeah But It's okay That's I'm not buying you Kopi Luwak for Christmas yeah. I guess for your birthday or something hmm. I'll buy you just a cat And coffee beans And you can do the a process cat. Well, yourself I a cat. My parents just got a dog yeah, what type of dog? It's a German short-haired pointer. They're like commonly used for like hunting, I guess. They're they're good for duck and another bird, I think. Huh. But they're it's definitely a type of animal that I you remember I you, I probably never see my other dog actually. Anyways, this is the puppy. And and sorry for the audience that doesn't see the puppy. But look well, at, if you send me the picture. Okay, I'll send you the picture, but you got to ask me cuz I won't remember. Okay. Cute. It's got quite the nose. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could also just look up German shared short-haired. Pointer. You could do that, but this is personal. Yeah. This is a 
This is a Gervais dog. Tila suggested that the name for it would be Ducker, but my mom said it sounded too much like fucker, and then I said that was the point. Come here, Ducker. Yeah, that's funny. Would have been. Oh, I think the dog's name is going to be Remy. Sorry, Remy? Yeah. And I was thinking either that's Remy Martin the Brandy or or Remington the Firearms Manufacturer, which is more appropriate. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I'll have to ask them. When I grew up, I had a Springer Spaniel. And it's a... Porcelain model on the floor. Yes, there's a tiny model. And they're a very popular hunting dog. Mm -hmm. We didn't use her for hunting. But when we got her as a puppy, my dad thought that it would be a great idea to take her to Potahawk on that Potahawk weekend. They look like they'd probably handle the water okay. Oh, they handle water amazingly. There's no there's no question about that. Yeah. But the reason why he wanted to was because he thought that he would attract the eyes of many young women wanting if, to pet a puppy. Yeah, I think that would probably be a good tactic. It failed. Really? It was all men because oh. she's a hunting dog and they wanted to know. Because they, okay. <laughs> That's, well, okay. I can verify my family's previous dog was an English setter, also a hunting dog. It's like a pointing breed, although it was much smaller. Yeah. And I went for a few... I, I borrowed the dog one weekend um, just because, I don't know, I was like, I, I'm a student. Let's see if I can raise a dog. I had time off school, so I didn't have to be there. I did that with my niece one and time. Taking it for walks, like downtown St. Catharines, a lot of people stopped to talk to me about the dog. Because it has all interesting splotchy patterns and all yep. that on it. But and it definitely wasn't anybody about hunt. Actually, no. One old Italian man stopped me to ask me about its hunting capabilities, and then and then it was just a bunch of ladies that were just wow. See, by it the, worked by the dog. It, dogs work. They're a good pickup tool for sure. And they say babies are too, which it's in in more interesting because you nephew, know that, I I used my niece and nephew a few yeah. times and took them around. Not babies per se, but yeah. toddler. Toddler. Oh yeah. But it still works in the same vein, which is any. interesting because you can tell a lot more about a person if they're with a toddler than a dog, because a dog you could just buy, just money. Toddler, you need. You can also buy. Not ethically. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not ethically. But yeah, no, there's a lot more implied in that situation. I, I don't. Except know. when you see somebody walking a dog, more often than not. You at least know, well, they're a dog owner. That's their dog. It, you could be walking somebody else's dog. When you see somebody with a kid, it could be like me and it could be somebody else's kid. Yeah, but people might not think that. They true. might ask that question, like, oh, is it yours? It's, and, it's, then, and then you would justly resp- respond, I hope so. I guess. Yeah, I, I like to keep things in the family. I don't know how that would go. <laughs> no, I never, it, it was fun. I never had anybody talk to me. I, but yeah, whatever. It was it was good times with my nephews and nieces. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, got. I think I talked about this before. Got hit on plenty of times doing baby photos. Yeah, though that seems like an environment where that would happen. Yes, lonely women not, see a man. That's not good, good with when your baby. you're at work and things should be kept professional. And there's there's too many rules and ethics to follow. I didn't do anything. No, but eh. it, it's like it, it's a weird situation because 
Usually you think of harassment as occurring between employees at some company. But in the case of that, it's just customers that are yeah. like, and what are you going to do? There's no system in place for punishing customers for acting unaccordingly, unless it's illegal to the point, you know, that point. What are you doing later? Not much. But but that's like the lives of, you know, taxi drivers and yeah. all sorts of any person in the service industry that's alone with customers like that. It's true. And then you have to be very careful because most of these customers are women. I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. He said, she said. Yep. Thankfully, that only <laughs> happened a few times. A few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's enough for me to not be as interested in at least that quantity of baby photography with it was crazy that class of clients. Yes. Not to be classist, but I don't re- I'd rather do high-end baby photography should I do I it. I don't I don't mind doing um like some people surprise you. You go into a house that you're thinking I'm not going to make any money. Mm-hmm. And they will still spend two or three hundred dollars, and I should. I always make sure whenever I'm talking about this, that people know that I actually liked doing it, right? Like it wasn't just a cash grab. I liked working with the babies. I was very good, um, but I also liked making money. <laughs> so you couldn't have done that job for terribly long. Hmm? I imagine you couldn't have kept doing that job for terribly long with the way things. The were money going. wasn't bad, but it was not what they it's a not what they promised me it would be they didn't really promise it's not what they advertised it would be but based on the events that happened they were obviously on a downswing a very sharp downswing because the the money that i made in my first year like my first year i sold one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars worth of baby photos mm-hmm. it's not bad but when you only make a percentage of that yes it's not amazing no the second year was better only because it, by that time I was both taking the photos and selling them. So the money was better. And typically it did work out that if I go and take the photos and I come back to sell, the mothers at least already like me because I've already, I already know them. They've already, I've held their baby. They trust me. So it, it did work out. Mm-hmm. And then the third year was not as good that was 2016 and then by 2017 it was abysmal so much so that that's when i made my part-time exit to bds and then when bds offered me full-time i stupidly said sure i should have just waited out with canadian baby because then i would have had all that friggin' equipment that they wouldn't have asked for back which I mean, for the most part, the only thing of notable value, I think, was probably the 17 to 40 millimeter for Canon. The lights were nice. Lights were okay. They were Alien B lights or something. I can't remember what they were. I think they were. They were, they were okay. They weren't No, the props and whatnot ones. were fine. Props would be The been backdrop. Yeah. That was also nice. That would have been nice. So, but I left with my head high, and then two weeks later, <laughs> they closed their doors. Which looks almost predictive on your part, which I guess was a bit of a controversy at the time. I knew that things weren't good, yeah, but I didn't think that they would disappear. It's too bad. They've been around since 65. It's a long-time business. Speaking of disappearing, one thing that Teal and I have talked about a little bit as far as businesses go, 
Are there any new developments about the, the whole coffee culture situation in downtown St. Catharines? Because it's I, been for so, some reason I knew that that's what you're yeah, going to talk. It's about. It's been so long since it just closed. I, I remember there being something where you know the doors were closed, the employees couldn't get in. That was it. So the franchisee basically up and disappeared. Okay. Okay. He didn't really give a statement uh, based on what the article said. Most, if not all, the employees didn't know that it was happening, and they came the next day, yep. and things were shut down. Yep. Uh, there would have been heavy, heavy um, fines for doing what he did to head office. He, I can't remember his reasoning for doing it, but... Coffee culture is interesting because I know I don't I didn't know him personally, but I know two other coffee culture franchisees that say they are the worst to work for. Really? Yes. They're not a super common brand, I would argue. Like a lot of big, big cities have one coffee. Tilsonburg has one. So it's not a hmm. it's not just big cities. But no, not just big cities, but I'm saying even big cities oftentimes only have one coffee culture. It's not some big franchise like Tim Hortons or I'd argue even Coffee Time might be more common of a It's just their brand. their fees are a little bit too high. Did you Google a report? I'm just going to look at the news. So yeah, their fees are really bad for the franchise. Their fees are really bad. They have more control over certain aspects of the store that... Uh, most franchises don't. Like, typically, most franchises give, or most businesses give their franchisees the option, uh, at least at the beginning, for basic hours. Like, for the longest time, you didn't have to be 24 hours at A&W. You could be closed. Now, most of them are 24 hours, but you had the choice. So, they... You know, that's that's what they do. There's there's other things. If I wonder, I wonder if I could get somebody on here to talk about it. About A and W. No, about coffee culture. No. Who really do we want to talk to about it? One of the franchisees who yeah. got screwed over by them. I just was I was looking up that in the news, and the only thing that I saw was the one in Niagara Falls also closed in 2016 February. That's around the same time. Around the same time. I don't know. I don't think it was the same franchisee. No, I think it closed in a more like people knew they were stop. They weren't going to renew the lease. That's the other thing. There's these super successful franchises, but then leasing prices become so high. Like when Tila wanted to buy that that business, that Pisky when it was a Pisky Pies. Before it was Pisky Pies, but that space. Mm-hmm. Like the only problem with something like that is you're buying into a business but then you still have to deal with the leasing and whatnot mm-hmm. and that's i realize typically in the corporate or industrial world you don't normally own your offices or space normally it is a lease unless it's a freestanding building but still and once again that place seems to not there's a lot of stores in St. Catharines that just seem to not do well. Yeah, St. Paul Street's a revolving door for most yes. small businesses. But again, the location's good. I mean, you look at something that's right next door, Burrito Boys, which is a staple of the downtown, and I don't see it disappearing anytime franchise, soon. Franchise, though, right? Yeah, Not franchise. a small business. Fair enough. Small franchise. But it brings people around. Yes, it does. And it sells 
most of the places that have been there have sold, sold dessert items that, you know, places. But like, you see, when they were closed, because I believe that if um, Beachwood Donuts decided, I know we're all about the brand, but let's let's do a double batch on Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Let's stay open at night. Mm-hmm. They would kill. They would kill it. Yep. It would be unbelievable. So why isn't there a big, like, Teal and I at one point had talked, fresh cinnamon buns at night, drunk cinnamon buns or something like that, something sweet and tasty. Yeah. It would work. It would. But when are you, are you going to be open up all day when you have probably less business? Clearly not enough business for all of these other businesses to stay open. Well, that's the issue. Be- Beachwoods is different. They have a huge customer base and an amazing product and just an amazing public image just everything about it their social media is amazing too um maybe it's the exclusivity that really drives the need for their donuts you could say that i'll I'll pretty much never buy them because i'm never going to be like in saint Catharines at 8 a.m when they open (laughs) yeah i have a job like it's not going to happen i'd like to eat they cater now though and that's a smart thing for them to do because they had know how many to make and where to bring them, basically. Well, no, I'm talking like, uh, like, how did they do it? They had a mobile. I, re- I can't remember. I've seen their cart wheeling around. Just like local stuff, though. I don't know. They do weddings as well. Well, then, yeah, that's long distance catering. But yeah, it's a good form of business. Just it is making a specific amount of product, and you're selling all of it. And guys. it's all advertising too. Yeah. Um. You know that the exclusive side of things is is a possibility, although it is too bad because although they're they're big, like I can never eat a full one, but it's I small. haven't had one. I can. Eat, I've sat down and eaten two. No, I can't. <laughs> As I've said countless times before, I'm fat from burgers, not from sweets. Mm-hmm. Like even one Tim Hortons donut, I'm like that's just too sweet. I'm done. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so they in that case i it's been when did we go when the day that we met um the the day after my doctor got arrested yeah after we met the bride and groom at coffee culture yes that's the last time i had beach with donuts and that was in 2016. Wow. It's been a while. I've definitely had them at least every year. No. But because somebody else has bought a box and brought it to where I am, which is nice. But yeah, I don't really have If you want a good homemade myself. donut, not vegan or... Which just... By the way, Beachwood Donuts is. Somehow they make some of the best... Pretty much yes. the best tasting donuts you, I've you ever had. You would not be able to And they're to vegan. Know. They are really good. Yeah. Uh, but if you want a really good homemade style donut that's not vegan, Homestead Donuts on Hartzell is really good. Mm-hmm. And they also have a deli for some reason. But the donuts are really good. I've had theirs. And they come in like your stereotypical donut box and whatnot. It's just a very different market. It's very interesting. Beachwood has cultivated this brand of upscale mm-hmm. donut with depending on the times that I've went either good customer service or sometimes I find them a little bit rude but yeah 
Yeah, they hire some pretty edgy young people. Millennial so, hipster. Yeah. That's probably the worst element of them, which is strange that they have such a good reputation. Their customer service is they don't great. need to Maybe. that's that's just it's like, that's the fuck you, issue you donut they don't need to excel at customer service because it's just in and out you get your donuts you get a dozen sure. donuts pay a good markup for them although it would be interesting to go to their new spot it's not new anymore but i haven't no but i, I haven't been there either so but can't because they're closed now so so even if you wanted a donut at 7 o'clock at night. Some places are really thriving as far as new businesses, though, because there's a hamburger place. That's just like and that was tasty. Without an E, but still got the R on the end. Um, yeah, they're great. And every time I go past there or try to go in there, there's a lineup. Every time. Like, it's, I mean, given it's at night on a time when I was happy we went. That was good. It's good. They're, I would argue, maybe more expensive than The Works, which is the main burger hotspot in downtown St. Catharines. And The Works is also tasty. But, There's no... Yeah, but the environment's it's, it's smaller, and it's, it's nice. I like it. Um, and, yeah, it seems to be doing quite well. And then some of the businesses that I never go in, but they must do well. Like, there's that furniture store on St. Paul. Yeah. I've never been in it. It's a very nice showroom. I don't. All of the furniture is way out of my price range because it it doesn't. It's not cheap stuff. It's nice stuff. That's but they they must be find a way to keep the the doors open anyway. I guess if they've been around, I'm assuming they've been around for a long time. I think so you would have a bunch of loyal Niagara clientele, yeah. right? And if it is still a family owned business, which again I think it is, then you would have a bunch of these. Uh, these loyal clientele that also know the owner. Like I remember when, hmm. you know, grandpa, whatever was running this store and he bought, he sold me your baby bassinet. That's how Beatty's does so well too. Well, I'm here. I'm Fred's friends with Ted Hoxie. I've known the Hoxie's all my life. Hmm. How do you know them? They pay me. I had a few people ask, like when you say family owned business, that becomes very interesting when you, when you scale up. Because lots of people ask for like, well, like, how how closely related are you to Ted? Like, I, not at all. I'm I'm not family. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that lucky. No. So, I don't know. Some people come in, I guess, thinking every employee is family. No, but family-owned doesn't necessarily mean that. It just means well, I know. it's being passed down to younger people with probably declining interest and care for the business <laughs> typically eventually you hit that rock somewhere along the way i'm sure and there's always that rebel kid who's yeah. like i don't want to yeah. take over the family business and why then, should they it's their own life and then he runs away yeah. and finds himself and then comes back and has to take over the family business because he realized it's his destiny and then the credits roll yeah if life were a movie it happens probably more often than probably it happened literally in Tilsonburg. I've talked about this before. Went to school, a kid didn't want to take over the family business. Now that he's an adult and realizes that the family business will crumble or not be a family business. He's in school to take over the business. Mm-hmm. Now his mentality could have changed, but yeah, you also would smarten up and maybe see the benefits of doing that job and realize that every guaranteed other guaranteed huge yeah. income. Yes. And all other jobs are probably just, equally not as fulfilling so 
It's true. Yeah. So you might as well go to a place that has your name on it. Yep. <laughs> hmm. Makes perfect sense. Ah, well, um, Beachwood. No, I. I don't know. I don't a hundred percent buy into, hmm. or know for a fact that the stories that we've heard in recent months about Beachwood Donuts. I can't confirm nor deny them. No, but we've heard. We rumors, both have rumors that there is weird behind the scenes politics, politics involved with their public image and and all sorts of things. And when you say there's behind the scenes politics, that much has to be true. You don't become a place where the prime minister stops without being some sort of either really good place i suppose and i suppose he could have just wanted to go there i doubt it or have some sort of political connection yep did you were there he got a donor like he he i don't think so no well then he didn't just want to go there for a donut no it was just where he started he like walked up the street from there justin trudeau which got a great picture of him again i like the picture we've shown it before but I can pop it up again now. Sweet. <laughs> um, well, that's too bad. I would have thought he would have at least enjoyed his vegan delight. Maybe he did get a donut. I have no idea. He was busy shaking people's hands, and people were busy protesting shit that seemed to have nothing to do with his arrival. Like what? I know it was a long time Something ago. Something was about animal rights, but I don't know what it was. And also, why are you protesting that at a vegan donut shop? It's like people, <laughs> a lot of people who work there and go there probably mildly agree with what you're saying. So it's a strange. Maybe place. they thought they were in good company. Yeah, maybe. But then that, that's a pretty weak protest. Yeah, it's not really a protest. Don't protest to people that agree with you. Uh, eh. <laughs> strange. Have you ever been in a protest or been around them? I've photographed protests. Yeah. Um, ooh, I guess this is a good segue. So we always find them. Rock University had a professor that was accused of sexually harassing yes. a student and basically, I guess, was found guilty of doing that by whatever force investigated the matter. Um, I took pictures of people sort of protesting holding up signs saying you know they don't feel safe and, and whatever it is that their opinion was or they're just stop silencing women blah 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 all sorts of stuff like that brock has hired him back as a professor fully acknowledging that what he did actually happened is this current like this yes as of a few days ago the article came out i didn't fucking hear anything about yeah. that really yeah should i look it up and yes. maybe get some more details because we better get the facts right <laughs> i i read that's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? Hashtag not me too. I I don't know what they were trying to do. So okay, the title of the article from chcchchch.com. Okay, so a, a reputable news. Yeah, is Brock University professor returns to work after sexual harassment investigation. I guess I could just read it because I don't know what to necessarily expect either. I haven't read the article. Brock University says history professor David... God damn it. <laughs> Schimmel Penick is back to work after an internal investigation by the university uh, found that he gave a female student alcohol and inappropriately touched her two years ago. 
The okay. university is distancing itself from the decision, saying an arbitrator appointed by the Ministry of Labor is the one who made the call. Brock University says Schimmelpenick has... <laughs> Hasn't been teaching since 2016 as a result of discipline following the sexual harassment investigation, as well as for related health issues and accrued academic leave. Formal charges were never laid. The school says he will begin teaching an elective second year course this month. Now, there's more in the article. That was the part that Brock tried to emphasize, saying that Nothing that he was teaching wasn't an elective. So students had to choose, and you can see who the professor is when you pick your courses, had to choose courses with this man. So they hopefully know full well going in who he is and, and the controversy surrounding him. But it's crazy that they don't get to make the call because it sounds like they wouldn't have hired him back if they could have. And it was something yeah. that the Ministry of Labor... It... <sighs> I I, taught, I was doing my thesis project at the time of this event taking place, and when was that in 2016? That was early. 20- it was early in the year. It was probably like April or maybe around. This is a springtime. Because that's then. that's the year that I spent quite a bit of time at Brock because Crystal was writing her paper, so I'd yeah. sit in the Brock library but, with her. But other professors seem to be of the notion that like what he did is abs like that's crazy and that should not happen it's not and i think we can both agree that it yeah. is i yeah i don't know it, it's insane to me if it's hearsay if it's he said she said something about sexual harassment sure but when it is out front that a professor gave a student alcohol in their office because that's where this took place after they were drinking at the local bar which is a different matter but <laughs> in the office and that this took place, and it's confirmed, and he was formally sort of, you know, everybody agreed that that's what happened. I can't, it, it's insane that he'd be back. It doesn't but make no any charges sense were laid. He was found guilty? Not if charges... I don't know what he admitted to. He admitted to something that would have represented sexual misconduct. It, and he absolutely confirmed that he had he did have alcohol and gave it to a student. Them drinking in the bar is a different matter. I don't care if students drink with their professors at the Sir Isaac Brock I, bar. I drank with my yeah. teachers. I never had the, the opportunity, but I would have. That sounds good, and I don't. I don't wish any student to have that opportunity taken away from them. But film student or film teachers can drink a lot. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of professors probably drink a lot. Probably, and oh. a lot of them probably have alcohol in their offices, <laughs> which. I, it probably isn't appropriate, and Brock University probably doesn't want that, but I, again, don't really care, because, I mean, you're pretty much just fostering alcoholism at that point, but whatever, I don't, that's somebody else's business to do with their life what they will. It's true. I don't even care if they're writing papers when they're drinking, really. <laughs> so. Um, so, Ministry of Labor says he can come back to work. Yeah. But it's an elective. Course, yeah. What's well, a good thing he's not a political teacher or something like that. History, I don't I don't know. Huh. If he wasn't see that's that's the issue. He obviously, like you said, admitted to something. Yeah. But if no charges were laid then I I don't understand 
because if no charges are laid, then he's technically not a criminal. No. In a statement, Brock says it has put a place, put in place a set of conditions associated with the professor's not allowed to the classroom. Be Fifty feet of women. <laughs> yeah. The university says the professor has agreed to these conditions and has undertaken steps what to are the meet, conditions? meet them. Uh, private matter, including completing coaching for respectful workplace practices. Hmm. Brock University says the 2016 incident was a difficult chapter for the school community. I, I think did the school president? I don't. I don't know what the title. I forget what the title is. I've been out of university way too long. But anyways, head figure at the school left his job because of this. Yeah, I remember that. He doesn't have a job anymore, but the person actually guilty of this situation. Although, to be fair, maybe his position's worse because he was implied to be covering something up, which I maybe is worse than what happened to, to stop the spread of the Conspiring to cover up is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's at least as bad as the incident itself, I would argue. Difficult to force, faculty, staff, members of the public spent a year reviewing all of the policies and procedures to deal with sexual harassment and unprofessional behavior. Its recommendations were to use or use to update the policies. That's about it. That's about all that was written. So, So anyways, he's back. Okay. How do we talk to him? (laughs) Student protest being planned. See, the... Oh my god! They all pick really. Mm. What was it? This one's the Brock Press. Well, the the, uh, this article is student protests being planned as Schimmel Penick returns to Brock campus. It looks exactly like what it did last time. Maybe that's. Oh yeah, that is the 2016 protest. I literally have a picture of that, except it's on a film roll and it's in black and white. The return of David Schimmelpenick to the classroom isn't sitting well with Brock University students. The professor, who teaches in the history department, is set to return this semester with his first lecture on January 10th. That's past. Three days from now. I wonder if we could audit it. (laughs) Be amazing. I guess. Be amazing. Yeah. There's going to be a protest during that lecture. I guarantee you. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to... I don't know. Professor Schimmel... Schimmelpenick. Schimmelpenick has been absent from the classroom since March 2016 as a result of discipline following an investigation into sexual harassment as well as for related health issues and a cursed academic leave, Brock's statement said in a press release on January 3rd. The timeline of the sexual harassment begins January 2014 when a student says that she was involved with Schimmelpenick including kissing and groping. The incident was taken to Brock administration in March 2014, uh, where the student met with then-principal Jack Lightstone multiple times. Yes, that was the man. The first meeting included Professor Tim Comley and Brock counselor Rebecca Boucher. The student was asked to make an informal complaint to avoid any paper trail. A third-party investigation determined there was insufficient evidence. So it's not a, it's like, then in October 2014, a second incident took, mm-hmm. aw, 
A second incident took place in which Schimmelpenick met two different students, a male and a female, at the student bar following one of his classes. Male. Hey, reoccurring theme, stay out of the bar with your students. Yeah. The, the story takes a turn when the male student leaves. Uh, the two though. students were invited back to the professor's office for more alcohol. The male student eventually went home, leaving mm-hmm. Schimmelpenick with a female student in his office. Yeah. In the 2016 article of the CBC, the second female student said that after the male student left, Schimmelpenick made sexual advances, inappropriate and unwelcome physical touch, comments of a sexual nature, and a provocative comment attempting to arrange ongoing intimacy. Okay. That's bad. Yeah. The second incident was reported to campus security in September 2015, which led to an independent investigation in January 2016. Schimmelpenick continued to teach before the CBC broke the story. I remember them breaking that story. Uh, March 2016, in which Brock said the day prior to the story's publication that Schimmelpenick was no longer assigned to a class. It should be noted that since these incidents and the administration decision, Brock's regime has changed. Significantly. Shimopanic will be teaching a non-compulsory second-year course this semester that takes place on Thursday between 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Lovely. So you know when it occurs. Pardon? We know when it occurs. Yeah. But once again, okay, it's just students um, talking. He has to leave, or he has to be the one to leave. Yeah. See, here's the th- the biggest controversy about it was the cover up, and it was people saying, "Yes, this guy's still been teaching us while these accusations have been laid at his feet," and and yeah, he wasn't put on leave or suspension at any point while this was going on until March when things you know had escalated at that point. So, but he's back now, anyways, and nobody sort of said for sure that no. We don't think this happens. There's, I don't think there's really any students defending him saying that, oh, no, he didn't do it. Cause, I mean, but there's no court case that says he did. Yeah, I know. Which You know what? Innocent until proven guilty, and I guess legally he hasn't been proven guilty. So, sure, legally we should assume he's innocent in the legal sense, but I still think there's enough there to be very wary of this person. And I don't Of course. Know. You shouldn't, I mean... You figure he would have had a defense for himself. At maybe he did. Maybe we didn't get to hear it. I don't know. We don't know what he admitted. Then to. it's it's the fault of a lot of media outlets for not publishing perhaps his side of things. But they don't want to. Once mm. he, it's, I don't know. It's a specific. Um, there is a narrative to it. But it's I a narrative, don't. and they need somebody to be painted as a villain. I, but I don't know. I don't know if the world is that evil necessarily to do that to this person. I'm sure it happens all the time, people being falsely accused, but I don't know about this specific incident. I highly doubt it's 100% false. Something happened. No, something for, for sure seems to have happened. He didn't even really deny that from what I know. But it'd be strange for him to have denied it and had reasonable evidence that he did not conduct himself in that way. So Ministry of Labor says he has to come back. So does that mean that he had a tenure with Brock... And they can't fire him? I don't know if he's tenured. I would imagine he would be. He's older, probably been teaching a long time. Ministry of Labor says there's absolutely no reason for you not to be working. You're healthy now. You're not a criminal. So they force him back, and Brock can't fire him. Yeah. Lots of controversy on campus. Yeah. I wouldn't mind 
go in and check that out if I had spare time, although it's going to be on a day that I have to work anyways. But be cool to be a journalist. It would be. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day. Maybe. <sighs> I can't believe that. I can't. A, I can't believe that it happened. And B, I can't believe I didn't hear about it. I, I don't know why exactly. The only reason I figured it out in the first place is because of my Google Now, like, filtered news stream, which I don't know what you use as, like, a news aggregator. I assume mostly Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Google Now seems to really hit it right for the kind of things that are interesting to me. And I don't really think it shows me things I necessarily just want to hear. Like, I don't think it's a some kind of echo chamber. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely tailoring articles to me that i have a high chance of reading and maybe google knows that i was a brock student so they showed me that because occasionally i get things about brock university do you think google knows you were a brock student yeah probably i can go back in my location history and see where i was on february 1st i don't know 2015 and, and tell you exactly where i went that day and at what time i was at each place it's a really really crazy amount of information that all these media company or all these tech companies have on all sorts of people. I don't know. I'm not really super against them invading my privacy because it offers me a great deal of convenience. I know a lot of people are all like, "Oh, you do this, so oh, uh, Amazon Echo is listening." Yeah, that's Good. why you bought it. That's why I want it. Yeah, well, I don't actually want it. I I think that maybe that's a bit far, mostly because I don't really need ads for the shit that I mentioned in my daily life because a lot of times it's just a passive oh, that'd be cool to have and then shouldn't actually spend my money on it but but um, it's a trade off with privacy and I haven't I, I don't know if I was a criminal and I got arrested or something and they used my phone to find out where I was on a certain date then it'd be like yeah that's an invasion of my privacy I'm not hiding anything to it certain extent obviously Hmm. so i don't see why giving up my privacy is is horrible now facebook with what they did with their data breaches and cambridge analytica and whatnot that is selling off data but that should have also been expected what about it do you specifically find detestable how they did it like you a, a platform like that you know that they're selling ads and they're selling targeted ads and they're selling data because that's how they make money. Yep. But then it's been a while since it's happened. So I'm not, it's, it's come and gone. So I can't even actually, the emotion lingers the way you felt about it lingers. That's why I actually asked the questions to sort of raise a point. A lot of people do talk about how we don't really remember the details about certain incidents like that, but we do remember how we felt about it because a lot of people were enraged. And I have a vague feeling myself of not being happy with the way Facebook conducted themselves, but I can't tell you why. No. I have no idea. It's it's a flaw of human memory. Yeah. It's targeted ads in general aren't... Um horrible right if we're if we're searching something it it is almost comical at this point how quickly it ends up in your facebook feed and whatnot and ads but that doesn't really affect my daily life and you know what i've never bought something off of a targeted ad on facebook here's something that does affect your daily life 
your cookies and things in your cash, yeah. determining the price of airplane tickets or something yes, like that. I know that. And then, yeah, there's lots of weird tricks. I find it almost interesting to go in incognito mode and just browse websites That's that I normally browse. What I have done, see too. what the average person coming to the site without an account sees. It's an interesting experiment. And you'll probably get cheaper prices on tickets or whatever. Yeah. But no, I that seems pretty minuscule to me but they're I, I can't exactly see like you said I can't exactly remember no. what they sold that was so bad but it, it at the time sounded it you put trust in a company and they kind of broke they didn't have a good year really. no lots of Zuckerberg memes which are fantastic yes Ooh, he is an odd individual I got a transition based on memes I watched, I watched Bird Box Okay. Only because of all the memes. You watched it all the way through. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Bird Box? No. Okay. Not yet. But I don't really... I'd say maybe watch it. It's not... It it seems more low budget than it should have been. The concept of the film's okay. I know the concept. Everybody's talking about... Yeah. It's okay. You know what? It's, It's not great but it's worth a watch that's the same time i'd argue that's what a lot of netflix stuff is yeah. i i think a lot of people might have gripe about the end like it's a, it's a long movie it's two hours feels like it doesn't go much of anywhere maybe it could it feels like it could have been condensed to like an episode of like the walking dead pretty much it kind of has some of that drama feel to it because it's an apocalypse movie but yeah it is okay. Would you watch it again? No. Okay. Because I got, I feel like I got everything out of it that I could have gotten out of it. So did the filmmakers do a good job in letting you get everything you needed out of it? Or did they do a poor job because you'll never come back? I don't know. What I wanted out of it was just to see where the why the memes existed. This <laughs> is strange. If, if their marketing campaign involves memes, that's genius. But... I don't know. Fate has been so they come so organically. Night. But at the same time, watching the thing, I would have never thought I want to make a meme because this speaks to some truth that you know people need to hear. Or whatever, it's a lot of just funny shit. Like mostly, <laughs> people use like the Simpsons to illustrate. Some, you know, this one part where, spoiler alert, somebody falls out of a jumps out of a fucking window okay but they, they use like a thing that happened in the simpsons to illustrate the exact same movement and, and like it's been done before like they always say with the simpsons simpsons um, did it first although not for apocalyptic reasons <laughs> netflix has something to do with it I don't know if their target intention is ever thinking oh this is going to be huge because we're going to we're really going to to try to push it because they they push certain projects online more than they do others mm-hmm. and the ones that they do push online typically are scattered but they they are quite big like whenever stranger things comes out it's always big whenever um well it used to be whenever house of cards came out it mm-hmm. was always big uh, what happened to that with the whole Kevin Spacey stuff? Actually, something very interesting. This is this is interesting. This was Chris. This is my Brock story. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey was fired from House of Cards. Yeah, like immediately. Yes, immediately. And Robin Wright, who played his wife in the show, 
I continued on. They in the show they had kind of lucked out where at the time he was no longer president in the show. He was vice president. Well, no, he was sorry. He wasn't vice president. He was the world's first first man. So his wife became president, Robin Wright. And then the whole thing happened. And in the show, he is killed off like he is dead. He's assassinated. I don't know exactly how. I haven't watched it. And I don't think I'll watch it all the way through because they kind of dropped the ball in the last season, evidently. Mm-hmm. But without the center person of your show, it's kind of hard to not drop the ball. So, long time, Kevin Spacey just kind of fell out of the limelight. He hadn't really been seen since early, early 2018. Mm-hmm. And then, on December 24th, Christmas Eve, the Kevin Spacey YouTube channel, which is popular as Kevin Spacey is, most of the videos only have one and a half thousand views. Mm-hmm. A video called Let Me Be Frank was released, and it was Kevin Spacey playing the character from House of Cards, Frank Underwood, in his house. Mm hmm. Addressing the camera like he used to do on the show, talking about how, you know, I was never given a proper, a proper um, court case. I was never given a proper argument. And we all know that you want me and you want me back. Huh. And on that day, there was also another sexual assault case that went out against him. Oh. <laughs> so... I don't know. It was a very weird... I, I'm not doing it justice. So... Have you seen Bill Burr's bit on Arnold Schwarzenegger? And just the general concept with like fame and, and people that are in this position of power? I think so. Yeah, basically it sums up like Arnold Schwarzenegger's been in the zone for like decades. Like, you, you know... He was a nobody who could barely speak English and, you know, decided he wanted to lift weights and he did it so well that he got a little bit of fame. Then he's like, I want to be an actor, even though nobody can understand me. And he did that. And then he started becoming a, he became the governor of a state he couldn't even pronounce and, and so forth. California. And then it was just saying, can we really blame the guy for thinking he could get away with fucking the maid? No. I mean, at a certain point, like even the Bill Clinton thing. People like to look at the situation and say, oh, I would never act so abominably and, and this is not right. You're never you, given that chance. You can't imagine what it's like to be those people and how their ego and, and, and the way things are. Like, it, It's so easy to just say, ah, oh, I can never do that. You don't have the opportunity. Don't kid yourself. Ron White has something very similar talking about the Tiger Woods issue. Yeah. And when I don't ta- even care. Well, I don't care about Especially it either. Especially about him. He's just cheating. Yeah. I, so whatever when the Tiger Woods thing came out, uh, one of his, you know, he's defending Tiger Woods, and then when the other allegations came out, it's like, ah, oh, Tiger, like slow down, buddy, and a lot of women were like, you know, um, you know, I think it's absolutely horrible what Tiger did, but you have to think about it in a situation like that, a man who cheats on his wife once statistically is worse than tiger woods 
He was given one chance to cheat, and he tr- he cheated. Tiger Woods slept with any any woman. Think of all the times he didn't. I think he cheated lots of times. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did a lot. Yeah. But the whole comedy bits about just think of how many times he didn't cheat. It, it's based around this human fascination with the idea of monogamy, a relatively recent development in human history. I wanted to talk to you about that tonight, too. It's, it's such a strange thing. Like, as these people that are so sexually available, like someone like Tiger Woods, who's desirable to so many women, it's unbelievable. How it is unreasonable to ever expect that that person should have to mate for someone with life, like for life out of choice. Like, sure, I wish we lived in a culture where maybe he could have been honest about what he was doing and it wouldn't have been a big deal, but that's not the world that we live in. Maybe there are places on the planet that are less focused on that, but it's such a strange thing. And I mean, I'm, I'm saying this as someone who doesn't practice like polygamy or something like that. That's not something I, I do, but at the same time, it's it's just strange. I, I don't know. I don't really care about people who cheat, and I don't really care about people that have multiple wives or whatever, and it's even in you know this consensual thing or whatever. Yeah, it's... I don't, I don't think it's an immoral thing. The dishonesty is the immoral part. Yes. But that's because we live in a culture where you have to be dishonest because you couldn't exist in the in this state of monogamy without the person saying, well, I'm just going to leave you if you're going to do whatever with other people. That's true. It's just yawning. Mm. Um, it is a taboo where cheaters the act of cheating is only horrible now like you said it's a reasonably new yeah the the actual like 200 years yeah the actual consummate not consummated but the actual act of sex when you're in a committed relationship is something that didn't exist 300 years ago or whatever A a lot of before this i mean it would marriage would be something of like a tactical move where like family would join or whatever and it was actually after your woman has bore you children or whatever it was seen as grotesque to continue having sex with the same person you would what are you doing go out and get with somebody else basically um very different cultural values and that's just for a specific time period too that's not the way it was for the hundred years before that necessarily so here we are in a situation where it it is horrible on both ends it's horrible to do the act and then it's horrible to hide it but you absolutely have to hide it if you still want to maintain the monogamous relationship which which probably still has in all likelihood you still have some reason to maintain now of course the reason that a lot of people do resort to cheating is because something is not right in the relationship especially um, i imagine in older people if you're in your 40s 50s whatever and you have an affair but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. I guess it could. Cause they say that it's never about the sex. It's about something else. That's fair. Yeah. I read an article recently about this, which one of the reasons why I wanted to, I, this was on my list of things to actually talk about. Mm-hmm. We live in a different world as far as relationships go, only in the sense that theoretically even though that i'm in a committed relationship now it's so much easier to visually see hey i 
and I'm not saying this is me, but I'm like, hey, I've got options because I know I see on a daily basis all my single friends on Facebook, right? So I can I can see the options that I have or even worse, I could potentially be talking to said single friends in a non you know, sexual way or cheating way, but still in full conversation. So if something were to happen, it's not cultivating a new relationship by going to a bar. It's like, hey, do you want to go for drinks? It's a very quick turnaround time. Mm -hmm. And because there's that, even though that there's nothing inherently wrong with doing that, the, the special bond, the special turn on my camera the special part of being in a relationship and being in a loving relationship is lessened because it's not something that takes as long to cultivate as it necessarily used to i think maybe i don't know i don't know if i agree with that would you think that cheating is more common or less common now than say 1950 more common why ease of access why cell phones digital technology it also depends on what you define as cheating you talking just kissing it up kissing it up sure well i mean if you're going on dating websites just to meet women to kiss then you're you're a pretty boring cheater but but it's a it's an encounter with a yeah i i would say that it's probably went up only because we have such an ease of access to the ability to do so but you it's can funny. download tinder right oh, now you're right and i can find somebody to hook up with but that's because we only know the environment surrounding the phone as the way we do it let's say you go to a bar and how what how easy it is to pick up a woman or whatever not easy. In, in this context but let's just say 1950s that's all you have that's true and and lots of places you see like saint Catharines and whatever like there's lots of cities that were booming there's some there was something about the city back then you look in pictures whether it's just alive in a way that it never has been at this point in time it probably happened all the time people you know getting with people cheating whatever it may be i don't know i'd like to do a little bit of research to know if it is a more of a common thing now and and maybe it is but i would argue probably more with certain age groups because yes fair. you have people using a service what's the one i would ashley madison something the one that was for oh specifically for but for cheating. older yeah but usually older people yep. will be using that but then it's younger people using tinder and all all those apps nokia cupid and whatever else but it's it's, it's segmented I'm sure, I'm sure like most 60 year olds who are cheating aren't using phones to do it they probably have other ways of getting you watch the tides will change no i'm i'm sure <laughs> well yes because obviously people who are more associated with technology are getting older too but I don't know. I I'd like to know for a fact if stuff like that is more or less common now. And if it becomes more common now, does it become more acceptable? There's definitely an open dialogue between people who are like polyamorous or whatever. Like it's now socially acceptable within certain circles to to exhibit these behaviors. True. Definitely cuz years ago it used to be kind of like not that they were cheating, but used to just have these freaky friends that were swingers yeah right and you have to be like in the in group to like yeah hey you you one of us kind of again it's just a weird yeah you're, you're definitely outcast at that point but it's still 
they still exist. It's just probably harder for them to communicate with each other, I would imagine. So it's... I don't know. I would still feel like it is more common. Like, maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I feel like the context that existed so many decades ago was gone, and we don't know what that was like. Okay, then here, here's a hypothesis. It might... If you went on a nightly basis, it might be exactly the same. Or it might be might even be exactly the same if you went without using phones as a as a as a way of doing things. But if you if you were a cheating gentleman in the nineteen fifties, where are you gonna go to get your get your your adulterer? Probably to a bar. Yeah. Dance club. Some kind of something social like environment. That. So you wake up tomorrow morning, and at 10 o'clock in the morning, even 9 o'clock in the morning, you could find a hookup, potentially, because of your phone. No, you're right. It, it's easier to do things. It's easier to do it any time of day. It is easier. I wouldn't argue that. But because it's easier, you would think that it would be more rampant. Like, I don't know. Again, like to look into it. It's interesting as a topic. Do you think that, see, I, I, as we've said before, and you are as well, in a healthy relationship, and I'm obviously right now, as funny as and stupid as it is, I'm older, I'm as old as I'm ever been at this current point in time. That's that was, true. Right. And Except when we're watching this later. Yes. Yeah, then we're older. And depending on... The length of time I have left, you know, I could have another twenty years. I could have another sixty years. I could have eighty years, even shock everybody. That'd be insane. I'm not making it that far. I'm not making it to 107. Um, if I make it to 106, I'll see the year 2100. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but yeah, theoretically. Um, do you ever? I I, I always worry because I think. Yeah, I think it can be done, but that's a it's a long time to be committed to somebody. So I don't know exactly where these studies came from, and this is just me quoting something I've heard. That's fine. You're an expert. But studies have shown that perhaps couples at least based on our behaviors were like humans are essentially meant to come together, breed and stay with each other for about 15 years. And then I don't, they didn't really describe what's supposed to happen after that, but apparently I guess people move on to maybe find another partner, probably limited scope, limited scope of being able to do that again, especially given that the human lifespan for most of human history was under 40 years old. So you kind of only get one chance to do that. But given these days, you can do it twice, probably. I don't know, have a kid when you're 20 and then 35, give it another go however many kids yeah is doable but but yeah so it seems like the most common time for associations like about 15 years for it to be viable which honestly for human behavior i'd say if you make it through 15 years of marriage you're probably going a bit further than that like if it hasn't fallen to shit in the first 10 yeah you probably you're gonna last the full time i'd imagine that's true 
And there's lots of factors that come into play. You need to be open and honest with each other kind of every step of the way. You need to be able to communicate. And there's definitely... I mean, there's, I know, a handful of people who have cheated on their partners and or currently are, which is odd. Um, I, I, I know one person is currently cheating. It has been for, like, probably the last five years. Yeah. That's a long time. Well, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a casual thing. Yeah. For that person. I would too if I was in their position. Jesus, Christ. I know exactly. Yeah, fucking <laughs> no. There's, I, I I don't know why people do that, especially now. If I this person's locked in an abusive relationship that yeah. I'm thinking of, and I've I've had that mindset where it's like, how do I get out of this? And then you come to the circular logical conclusion that oh, I can't because of so factor 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 even though looking back no probably should have just left but but yeah no being in that state of mind and then having the availability of cheating and having these other experiences due to just distance between you and the person that you are in a relationship with yeah i I can see how that person would just do it why not get to feel get to it's an escapism you get to take yourself away from that situation for a while get the thrill you get to kind of be not necessarily be somebody else but you could it's not necessarily a role play but you could change your your persona a little bit be who you wish you were if you probably pre- feel pretty fake afterwards i'd imagine probably feel a little cheap too yeah. <laughs> no that's that's right it's i'm sure there's a lot of people actually that do it because as we said nobody really openly admits it they're good at hiding it they can i just i don't know if you if you're married and you make it five years and you have kids typically i i would feel at the very least if i was in a loveless marriage i'd still try to make it work as long as the kids were still at home I know that's a stereotypical thing to do, and it does happen a lot. Yeah, that depends how far along you are and, and all sorts of other factors. I'm not going to be the type of person that we both kind of know that is going to leave my wife two weeks before our baby is born, because mm. mm. that is horrible. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But again, if the relationship isn't going to work, maybe it's for the better. I don't know. Two, that's a pretty terrible time to do it. But at the same time, if it's not going to work ever, there's no time to leave that's any better, I'd argue. It, as soon as possible, as, long, as soon as you know it is never going to work, is the most sensible way to do it, I, I imagine. Do you think that there's inherent change in people? Or do you think that if you're dating somebody who is inherently flawed, that... If you stick around long enough, things can things can change. I doubt it. I don't have that much faith. Fuck, that was terrible. What? <laughs> so loud. Oh, the door and everything. Everything. 
I do have to say it's impressive. Every time we record, they always show up, but she's always surprised at how bright it is in here. It's very bright. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, it always ends up looking dark in here afterwards. But it's what exposure balancing does. Yeah. yeah. No, I hope that in the next 80 years, I can make it 100% complete. Then again, in 60 years' time, we'll have completely fully functioning and smart AI-driven sex robots, and then it's no longer cheating. It's just a super-powered fleshlight. It depends on what what part of the part of society you reside in where maybe some people would think of that as cheating. Eh, some people think of porn as watching cheating. I've been with people that did. Yeah. I twisted my words. Um, I whatever Jessica looked at my search history once and there was porn surprise surprise and I we had never really talked about it I just assumed that she was watching it when I wasn't around and I was watching it when she wasn't around oh she was mad she gave me the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. which was is Justin using your computer to watch porn (laughs) what'd you tell her you said that you were part of me was going to quickly text Justin and be like, I will give you a thousand dollars. No, I said, Yeah, that's that was me. Yeah. And she wasn't happy. But there's certain ejection points. Like if I was dating somebody and that happened, which it wouldn't have happened because I would have told okay. him that it's I very clear in that relationship that I had multiple yeah. ejection oh, points yeah. that I never took. Yeah. Anyways, that's that's like one of them. It's like, hey, I'm not okay with you watching this. It's like, well, have a good day. <laughs> this is never gonna work. It's so it's so easy to pin those things down as you get older, and and the things that you absolutely cannot. Well, and it's also twenty twenty, right? Yeah. You look oh, now. yeah. No, hindsight's better for sure. It'd be useful to know that before entering the first long term relationship, although uh, then you might just bounce from person to person as most young people do now, racking up many many partners, just because it it I don't know. There's something about the. Stimuli of having a new person all the time probably it tempts you in that direction. Not willing to put in the effort to maybe try something more long term. Well, there's a there's a certain excitement, and when a relationship naturally develops and changes, the excitement doesn't necessarily fade away, but it becomes something different. It becomes a, a different feeling. But that excitement of a new there's partner. I don't know. I guess that's probably what you would call love in the like the more hormone-based sense, at least. I, I don't really know what the physiological factor is, but I know exactly what you're talking about. The it's a feeling of being feeling. with a new person is unimaginably being attracted to somebody. I don't know how to phrase it. And it, it goes away, absolutely, within probably... Like, it, it tapers off slowly. The first three months are insane. They're just amazing. And then I would I'd say, to, you know, it sort of pushes itself out to half a year maybe even a year of this weird this feeling of things being new but then eventually it goes away and you're and left that's not a bad thing and you're left with something that probably is a more deep and full connection to somebody else but it is this weird attraction that you can never get back with that person and it, i don't know and it's, it's not a big deal but it is something that is every human should feel it at some point I guess. it's wonderful yeah i don't know if i'm allowed to tell this but i'm going to I think I told it to you. Okay, we're an hour and 23 minutes into the podcast, so everybody's left by now. Yeah. Bye. Um, 
one of the most amazing things and I've never in my life thought that I would feel it. I like kissing and sometimes much easier to do with a new partner. Yes. I would argue for some reason, sometimes kissing, I mean, most of the time kissing can be very central. It can feel very good. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's very rare that you think that was a like groundbreaking earth shattering ball out of the, like ball out of the park type kiss like home run or grand slam type kiss sometimes they're really good and it was in my car in front of melissa's house mm-hmm. and i have never and it was a different woman <laughs> it was a different yeah <laughs> just yeah no not at all that was not an admission of guilt no it would be I weird did. if it was out front of melissa's house yeah <laughs> No, I just, that's how I get my kicks. <laughs> Why are we parked here? I just, well, I'm going to go date her in a few months. <laughs> um, I have never had, and I guess if you're being super romantic, will never have a first kiss like that before. That was, in every sense of the imagination, a earth shattering. I was, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can't describe it. And it's sad because we joke about it that everyone since then has been a disappointment. It started on such a high, uh-huh. <laughs> but there's something about it. Maybe maybe it's like a more teenage kind of nervousness associated. Like I've had hookups and stuff just based, you know, people have met on Tinder and whatever. But there isn't sort of a magic there for the most part. In fact, I don't think I've really ever considered anybody I've met on a dating app to be relationship material. But when you do consider somebody to be that and there's the buildup before you have any intimacy or there's any like that's direction towards relationship and it builds up, there's a sort of nervousness you could probably call it, but something that builds up to that where you could have that kind of moment, I'd imagine. But it's not going to happen with a random hookup, that's for sure. No, that's true. I guess it is the buildup because you're thinking, oh, it's, this- like the, it's like the best real life suspense. Right, this night's going pretty good. Sure. And drive her home, and then it's that awkward movie stereotype where it's like, "Should I lean in? I don't know. Am I going to?" Uh, yeah, it was a good kiss. And it doesn't really, it hasn't seemed to change for me throughout my life because I would have been more apprehensive when I was younger, of course, because just didn't know as much. But even knowing full well, like, yeah, I'm gonna go for it tonight, like ahead of time when I'm, you know, gonna go for that first kiss or whatever. It's just as good. The buildup is just as good. My first first kiss was way too awkwardly planned for it to be good. Yeah. Planned? Yes. Mm, funny. <laughs> yes. Now, my second first kiss is in first kiss with the second woman. In this case, was also the same woman. So mm-hmm. my second first second kiss whatever that one was unplanned and i realized when you don't awkwardly talk about something beforehand yeah it's better oh it's a lot better Mm -hmm. i couldn't believe it it was like why are we walking home it's like one o'clock in the morning she's like stop for a minute and justin and his uh chicky were they continued to walk and i'm like why are we stopping she's like i have something to tell you and we sat down on these rocks uh that are built up 
on someone's lawn like what is it and then we just made out and it was probably one of the highlights of my teenage romantic life here's the thing that i'm wondering about some people don't find their like life partner until their 30s is it still possible to have that magic about it i don't like considering i i would imagine it is if the two are inexperienced people but (laughs) if if they've you know been with lots of people they have a a decent list is the magic going to be the same and i don't i can't answer that i I have friends i guess that are in their 30s that i could ask but i don't know don't really have any friends in their 30s that are single that i can think of oddly enough you know what at some point we could monica's in her 30s and single we can interview (laughs) we can ask okay what her I, I want to know are the dates just as I don't know what how to qualify it. it's not really magical but are they do you still get that teenage kind of feeling to it I didn't I question and of course that's a very subjective thing but it seems to be something that's culturally well known that teenagers are nervous but there's a excitement about everything because everything is new I mean if you've been around the block a few times so to speak yeah. then there's that build up again like when you're not just doing it to have sex and you're doing a date or two without a kiss there's that build up oh i like this person yada 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 mm-hmm. so that would probably be similar but it also depends on how many partners you've had mm-hmm. if you've you know been with you know going on 20 or 30 people yeah and that's the general thing where they say the more people that you've had sex with your general life satisfaction tends to go down which I guess you might become cynical. Which makes sense. I wonder, let's, let's take it a step further because we were talking about uh, polyamory before. If a couple is going to tact- tactically go pick up another, a third, a third wheel, is that similar? We need like somebody who's been in a polyamorous relationship on the podcast to describe that because I don't know. Because I'd imagine that's a thing that they do. They go to try you to You just go on fat life. I guess. Maybe is polyamory that is it's not it's not really a fetish although it is a group of people that might get together through that kind of I don't outlet. know fat life for those who don't know is a is it some it's not really a it's a message board is it not wow well, I know of it okay. I was on it once okay. I'm pretty sure it's a message board and it has categories for like There's people profiles that are BDSM and it's like then, a it's like a Kinkbook. Yeah, for people who have sexual Kink preferences. And, and there's a way of contacting people. You can make an account. Yeah. I, I'm vaguely familiar with it. I've been on there. I've looked at it. People have talked about it to me before. I've never really used it to achieve anything. I think oh, I've yeah. made a profile just to see what you could do. And it was, it's all right. But, I think it's probably been inactive as long as my... Um, about probably as long as it's been since I've eaten Beechwood. You kind of go hand in hand, fet life and, and beachwood and donuts, vegan donuts. Yeah, that's that's typically <laughs> my thing. When I'm not eating vegan donuts, I don't think of anything uh, BDSM related. <laughs> there's a friend. Hmm, I don't even actually know. Anyways, the per- first person who mentioned it to me was some really fucked up dude who worked with me in an electronics recycling place, and he was his life was a mess. <laughs> He had like a kid with some other woman and he was trying to get custody of it with this current woman and like, and he worked there for like a week and then like one day on lunch, he 
was walking to where he goes for the gas station or whatever. He normally picks up food and he just kept going and he never came back. <laughs> but but he talked to me about it and he was a fucked up person. So he had a lot of fucked up kinks. And then he, he was, you know, the more broken you are, you find things to fill the, the void. But he, yeah, he list. So anyways, he told me about it. And I did my research after that. That was a long time ago. That was probably like 2013, I'd say. So no, I, if you're not going online, I don't know where you would find a, a third for a polyamorous relationship. You probably have to do it. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's... I don't really question where you would do it. It's probably quite easy to do. I, I Unless you're trying to indoctrinate somebody who's not really on that page to try to get them involved. Which I think, yeah. You send out your woman yeah. to try to find a woman who will dance with her. Yeah. So that way you know at least there's the the girl on girl aspect and then throwing the guy like the Yeah, that's a good it's a good point. Maybe the guy's more of an intimidating figure and she might make assumptions. Like, hey, do you want to try something new? Yeah. Uh okay. Yeah, and then Yeah, I would fucking do that. why that is the problem with being a man is you're simultaneously sort of the decision maker in our culture for a lot of that kind of stuff, but at the same time creepy if you don't if you're not an absolute stud which honestly just most men aren't so. no really i'm guilty of that too <sighs> like you, that professor that we were looking at before for rock university you look at him and you hear him accusations of being a creep and you're like ah he looks like a fucking creep yeah but that's an unfair judgment that to is. make on most people just based on the way they look because <sighs> if it was like i don't a professional health magazine cover man like cover man you might still believe the allegations but you probably wouldn't be so creeped out about them it's true and joe rogan would also say that hey if it was a woman professor yeah totally different story and we don't i mean it probably may very well happen a lot less often but we don't really hear about it as often it's not a thing that blows up so much do you know why and this is this is more of a a joke on the male professor, male professor Schimmel, Pinnock or whatever. If you had his equivalent in female form, she wouldn't look good. No. Oh. So the reason why you don't hear it reported is because all the university guys would be like, "Yeah, no, no, nope. it's not worth coming out." Oh no! Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Like I could think of. Three teachers out of my entire school career that I would have said yes to. I can think of a couple, yeah. And that's it. I can every other female teacher and male teacher, I should add, would have been a hard no. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I know that there's maybe growing concern around female teachers that are sexually abusive towards students like specifically younger students you're seeing more stories pop up about that at least it seems so and people are definitely outraged i don't know if they're as outraged as if a, a male teacher did it but it's certainly see there's a bit more equality on that front where people are equivocally outraged i think about at least the abuse of children so but yeah no there's, it's totally different like I can't another comedian had a little bit about oh if if it was like some guy had to eat some nasty woman's Harvey Weinstein's female equivalent's pussy to to make it in the film industry 
everybody's like, ah, shut up. You eat the pussy, become a star. Be in the hit, the big movie. And, and that's the way that a lot of people look at it. Like, fucking grow up. Get over it. As soon as you take a, you know, woman, there's so many different associations with it. It's, oh, she was forced to do, you know, oral sex on this yeah. ugly, ugly dude. And you're immediately creeped out by it. But yeah, it's not, it's definitely not an even playing field. But it is, is it learned or is it innate within us to have that kind of response? I'm curious about that. I don't know. Like, I mean, if you didn't know about any of that, you would still judge Harvey Weinstein as a power hungry overweight balding movie producer yeah so right now yes he was huge and technically financially influencing in the film industry so a very important figure at one point in time but just in the way i described him it wasn't in any positive light he might have been a great pool player I don't know. He might have been a good drinking buddy occasionally, but there's, I don't know. So there's nothing positive that I would have said. Um, this professor, if I didn't know him and I was just judging him based on what he looked like, looks like a geek. Yeah, look, looks like somebody who probably goes home, drinks tea and reads his history books. Yeah. So I have no problem with him. No. <laughs> but I, well, I mean, I do. But just based on first glance, I would you're I'm judging a book by a cover. And then when you find out that I mean it is to a certain extent not I mean it is one hundred percent not fair to compare the two, but Harvey Weinstein is without any doubt in my mind guilty, and this this professor is, as far as I can tell, not guilty. And legally. Legally. Yeah. But then there's also the you know, the Louis C.K. thing where it's a little bit different to have dozens of women give you a blowjob to give to to uh, to get a movie role versus a professor who may or may not have touched and made sexual advances on a woman. Slightly different, just like it's of different course. that different scale. Bill Cosby is the biggest serial rapist in the United States versus a guy who's like, hey, I'm going to masturbate in front of you. Yeah. No, it's a definitely <laughs> a different scale. I mean, what Bill Cosby did was very much illegal. Yes. And absolutely monstrous. Yes. Louis C.K. is interesting because he caught a lot of flack. He's very, performing very again. He is. And you know what? I don't... In the context, because it mostly seems to be described as the worst it got was he said, can I masturbate in front of you to people? Point, I feel like... Point the, blank with, with very little lead up, which would startle anybody, I'm sure. Yep. I don't care. I I can't even be bothered to care. I'm not... People say, oh, well, that's at least a little bad. I don't even really care. The fact that he asked is yes. enough for me not to care. And I don't think there was ever a case where somebody was like, no, he still did it. I'm not going to say for sure. Nobody's listening at this point, like you no. said. But I don't think... This will come back to haunt us. Pardon? This will come back to haunt us somewhere. <laughs> In our comedy careers, possibly. Yes. Be comedians. Um. I don't think he ever did it without asking. Yeah. I think there might have been one case where a female, maybe he did, because I'm vaguely remembering one case where a comedian shut the door and turned around and he was 
oh. already doing it. Yeah, no, that's not cool. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, cool. Definitely not a professional behavior. Definitely. No. Okay, so he had a few times where he didn't ask, but most of the time he would ask. And if they said no, he would not do it. Mm. And then some of the times they'd say yes. And who? Can, I mean, if if Louis C.K. point blank just asks you, if he comes, he comes to your apartment. I would and he probably asks even. I don't. I wouldn't say. I don't know if I'd say yes. That's a weird yeah. thing. I would be a story. I don't think I'd say yes either, but I probably wouldn't be that offended necessarily. I'm like, no, fuck, you're Louis C.K. What the hell are you doing here? Please come inside, <laughs> but don't. Don't pull it down your pants. Yeah, don't come. Yeah, no. Eh, there's there's a whole... That being said, think of the blog title. Louis C.K. masturbated in front of me. Yeah. Be interesting. It'd be newsworthy. That's what it would be. <laughs> there well, was a... What was he doing in, in St. Catherine? Incident a long time ago. I'm trying to remember if it was related to Gamergate or not. But anyways, there was it was something with a... I don't know if they were journalists or something. It, it, the incident is called Coffee Gate. And it's this weird conversation where two people were at some kind of convention or something, and it was a man and a woman, and they had been, they stayed up all night together. I guess there might have been more people, but it dwindled down to just them two. They were, at least, I think at least the woman was in a some kind of role of power, like she had, she was a journalist or something. And they had spent the whole night together. And they got on the elevator together to go, I don't know where, I don't know if they're going to, just leaving the building or whatever. But he, in the most appropriate and sort of it is a bit of misdirection but it's something we do in our culture asked her if she wanted to come over for coffee at nighttime right in an elevator have you ever done that no but because i would just ask to have sex with them because yeah. i don't really care but anyways he did that and it's this polite way of asking that question and then she i guess said no and they parted ways not nothing further occurred and then went off and made some blog post or whatever about it. And it blew up. So it's an absolutely huge thing where people are saying, oh, what a detestable behavior. She was saying, how dare you, you know, ask that. How do we ask for consent if that, if if you can't even disguise it as something more innocent than what it is? If I can't ask if a girl wants to have coffee with me after spending the entire night and clearly showing interest from what it sounds even her own account of the incident didn't really pin him down as anything negative to begin with. How, how do you do it? And it's this weird cultural sensitivity issue we have. Did you have a good night? Yes. Perfect. Sign here. Yeah. Nah. It, but then it takes away all of the good. The all, all of the romanticism. I don't know. It, it doesn't work anymore, I don't think. You have to be that formal about it. Yeah, I've we gotta stop being just babies in our culture with that kind that, of stuff. Maybe that's what it comes down to because the feminists have me at consent. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get consent for things. Okay, how do I ask for it? Well, you can't say it this way, and you can't ask it this way, and you're not allowed to dress it up as something innocent. The um, what do I do? Oh, uh, what was the comedian? Oh, uh, Aziz. That one. You know that story? Where it's well, just okay. So familiar with the name. Aziz Ansaria. I can't remember. I've seen his stuff before. Yeah. Funny comedian. Yep. Goes on a date. Consents to sex. Okay. Proceeds to have sex. Perfect. The woman decides she's not feeling it. Okay. So they stop? I don't know if they stopped. Well, that's not ideal. 
but she didn't say stop. stop. Okay, well, I mean, she so she kind of just regrets it she later. Didn't indicate that yes. she wanted to stop. I guess then she writes time. about how she was assaulted by, and it, that's one of the downfalls. That was one of the things that came out at the peak of the Me Too movement. Yeah, and then people are like, "Wait a minute." You just regretted the sex because yeah. it was lousy afterwards. And, and this is a huge thing that people try, especially people that are against these big movements saying, well, there's lots of this stuff that's just sex people regret. And I'm sure that's definitely a thing where people accuse goings on that it really it doesn't really make sense in the situation where there was no reason for anybody to believe at any point that you needed to or wanted to stop any part of the engagement i've had sex with some pretty lifeless women <laughs> like they I... just lie there they seem disinterested perhaps i don't know i like I don't know. maybe that's not the best word it's yeah. an interesting word <laughs> it, it's almost casual and there's no emotion to read can you remember them. one enough to like for me to ask a question or two sure and and also let's let's put this differentiating between enthusiastic sex where both people are like you know building off each other and there's building up to something i'm talking about sex that's just like we're just trying to get off and we don't really care that much about each other and And she seemed disinterested just like yeah it's it's happening whatever so do you think as disinterested as she was she was enjoying herself or was I she... would assume so but that's the problem I have to assume things at that point okay. if I thought genuinely she wasn't that's absolutely something that's gonna kill my vibe and I'm gonna stop that's true at that point I don't wanna have sex fuck it <laughs> not really getting anywhere did you I guess if you met on Tinder it's not a who pursued who it's somebody said hi to somebody first two way street too so then that's weird it's you would think together. I guess maybe some people are lifeless in bed. Maybe they seem disinterested. No, or maybe it's just the casual. This is a Friday night thing that I do, and it's casual sex at the the pinnacle of it. The absolute bare minimum of casual. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if if you can get laid on a very continual basis, and and maybe maybe you just don't care anymore. I don't know. So Okay, so then a person like that, when they're in their 30s, they're probably not going to be as excited about any know, but, of that. But maybe it's they just need a romantic partner that clicks with them or whatever. Maybe. So I've had sex with plenty of women that are terrible at it, which is, it, it's just a thing. And, and what, they don't know that they're terrible at it, but maybe they're good at it with the right person. That's true. There's rhythms and yeah. motions into it. Um, no, I've, I've had some not good partners. Mm-hmm. I've had some very good partners, mm-hmm. and I've had some partners that were probably very good, but I never had the opportunity to find out, either mm-hmm. because we stopped or she decided to grind on my hip, and she finished, and that was that. Wow, that's quick. I know. I got a good hip. What can I say? <sighs> I think that's an interesting place to end the podcast. I have one thing. I was hoping Justin was going to come back so he could have a cameo, but I guess he left. Um, I want you to hear. I found. Oh, I saw that thing. Yeah, a speaker. speaker. I found something interesting on iTunes. Why do you got to use a speaker to play it? Just because. Okay. Is the audience going to be able to hear this? I'll 
superimpose it after. Okay. Doesn't matter. Hope it doesn't echo. Pardon? Better cut the audio so it doesn't echo. Oh, of course. Okay. I just have to search it. Hmm. Bad preparation. Hmm? Bad preparation. I had it set up, but... <laughs> That's okay. I wasn't thinking about going this long. Oh, I hear keys. Hey, right. so that's do, a dream come true. We were waiting cameo. so you could cameo. It's been an hour and 47 minutes. Where were you? <laughs> Actually, I passed by the cameras three times. Yeah, but you normally address it. You hey, didn't say hi. He seemed busy. I, I, We talked about it, so I want to get your side of things. How awesome. There was a lot of romance talk. So how awesome were those wonderful summer nights with you and the alcoholic named woman? we were talking about how passionate first kisses can be great and i'm thinking yeah. about that night in august but that was also a fiery romantic time for you was it though it was you enjoyed it did you not i did it was a good time yeah justin found his woman just a little bit before i found mine they were in love within 12 hours within 12 hours yeah we were holding hands within three and dating within six it's pretty quick how old were you? 18. Yeah, okay. It can happen that fast at that age. And it did. <laughs> it did. It, yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. All right. It just a... that, that, that's all she wrote, eh? Well, you could come on sometime and talk. Maybe. I got nothing to talk about. You, we, we St. Patrick's Day was a lot of fun. And also, we have nothing to talk about. We just talk. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's a thing you wanted to play. Yeah. And I'd be interested in hearing it through this fotive waterproof blue, speaker. Bluetooth speaker. It's very good. Hmm. I just got a Sony one, which is also waterproof, but is it, it sounds okay. I don't really have much to compare it to. Although, yeah, I can't see myself wanting a bigger Bluetooth speaker because it's. I, I just it. like it because it was affordable. It's loud yeah. and it's waterproof. Okay, uh, on iTunes. Mm-hmm. What is what is on iTunes? Is it? Ooh. I suppose it might also benefit me. Hold on. Let's cut to when this works. Yeah. The other, the other thing you could do, um, or on you iTunes, used to do it in school. It's a Lovely. school rule. If you really want. So what? So you figured out how to host this podcast on yep. iTunes? Okay, cool. Because I knew it could be done with a private server. That it is being hosted from the NAS, is it not? I didn't end up doing it on the NAS. Okay, but how are you doing it? Then? I'll show you after. Okay, but that's so I can end this episode now available saying. on iTunes. <laughs> yes, and maybe on Spotify later. I'm still trying to figure that out. Sounds good. But you can now listen to us on iTunes. Okay, Google Play maybe too. Yeah. And we would need, we need, because I need to make a better um, cover of us. So I need an actual properly taken picture of the both of us to put on the cover. That works. Have a good night, everybody. Check us out on iTunes. iTunes. Down. Funny thing happened on the way to the podcast.